0: Welcome to Using Your Teacher Voice, Episode 3. Today I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the Tech Enhanced Classroom and maybe some parallels I see in the apps that we use in our daily lives and how those parallel the use of them in the ed space. Um, So um, in particular, we're looking at Google Maps today. So. Um this summer I took my family on vacation uh, to Florida. Like all good true Hoosiers, we went to the uh, Panhandle and uh used Google Maps to get me there. Uh from uh, Evansville where I live on uh, the southern tip of Indiana. Um you go to Nashville. From Nashville you take I65 south uh, all the way through Tennessee and Alabama. And then once you get to the southern tip of Alabama, or the southern end of Alabama, then you um uh take a you know, the google maps sent me down a us highway uh worked my way across a couple other big highways into the Destin area vacation's over it's time to head home um, i'm going to drive straight through so um you know not stopping along the way you know for the night or anything so launched the google map right there and it gives me three options to get home uh option number 1 is to go over the mid bay bridge to i10 Take I-10 west, work my way over to I-65, I-65 all the way back, uh, or at least to Nashville. Uh, Option two, that was the shortest miles-wise. The uh, second option was basically the way I came down. And option number three, which was the shortest time-wise, was to take some state roads Through the Panhandle and then through the southern half of Alabama, up to Montgomery. Once I get to Montgomery, then I got on I-65, and then it was I-65 back to Nashville and then Evansville. I don't know if you're familiar with I-65 in Alabama, the southern half of it, Uh, but from Montgomery on, it's a tough road. It's tough. Uh, There's a lot of road construction. Uh, so that slows you down. Uh, but it's also super congested um, because that's, of course, you know, one of the main arteries into that panhandle area of Florida. Uh, so there's like lots of people, lots of people. Um, it's congested. So you got this row construction which slows you down. The congestion makes it even worse. And then on top of that, you got people who you know i mean they're they're trying to get to florida they're trying to get out of florida they've dro- they've been driving lots of hours so they're not really paying attention or you know they're tired or they're just not really focused so it's just it's just not a good situation and you you know i felt comfortable driving it but you know i was always worried about the people around me right and were they going to be paying enough attention to not get into an wreck with me so uh, yeah i i was like hey you know if i can stay off of i-65 for a while and still make good time which google maps said i was going to let's do it so i jump on i-60 or i jump on these state roads and i travel through the southern half of alabama and wow that was crazy because i'm on these like basic two-lane state roads and i'm driving through these little alabama towns um You know, I started kind of having that, like, flashback to that uh, scene in Cars where uh, Lightning McQueen is on the cliff and they're talking about how um, the uh, interstate dried up all those towns. When the interstate came through, you know, all these little towns dried up. And I was like, wow, you know, some of these towns that I was driving through, they don't see traffic. They haven't seen traffic since the invention of the interstate, right? Right. Like, you know, the interstate took right through here and people didn't drive this way anymore. And I started really thinking like what that what the significance of that was, right? Uh because, you know, I'm driving through towns of like, you know, five hundred people, a couple thousand people, maybe five thousand at the tops, you know. And you know, they have, like, maybe one stoplight, and it was meant to turn, you know, two and three cars at a time, but on a busy busy travel Sunday or Saturday, they're getting, like, four and five hundred cars, right? Like, just stupid, crazy numbers that I'm sure that these towns weren't really prepared for, and so I started thinking, like, like, first off, yeah, it was really cool that I was in these little towns. I'm seeing things that I would never have seen, Um, but that also made me think, like, are there, like, Are these people prepared for this? You know, they have like a volunteer fire department. They don't have an ambulance. Maybe they have a couple of, you know... Uh, Policemen that work, you know, then they share with the county, you know, for coverage. It's, you know, is there some liability in, you know, in the technology pushing all these cars into this space that wasn't really designed for it? And then, of course, you know, the wear and tear on the road. So there was, you know, I was kind of doing a lot of thinking about these things. Uh, And then the more I thought about, you know, this, this, you know, what, what was, uh, what was going on with Google Maps on this drive, I started really thinking about the parallels of that tech enhanced ed space that we're in, that in our classrooms, we have so much technology. Um, And, you know, we take for granted the technology in our day-to-day lives, but in our classrooms, what are the things that we should be doing with this technology? How could we utilize it better? Or what kinds of things should we consider when we bring these technologies into our classroom? And I kind of, I kind of narrowed it down to three parallels that I saw. Uh, and the first one was a real simple one. I mean, that's the, that's the idea of, like, you know, digital citizenship. Um, and, you know, just using, you know, digital resources appropriately. So I'm, you know, I'm driving down the road. Um, I, I did get up on I-65, you know, after Montgomery. And I'm driving down the interstate. And, you know, the map comes up and it says, hey, there's a wreck ahead of you. Uh, Going to delay you 15 minutes. Do you want to go around it? And I'm like, yep, let's do it. And so I go around it and I get off the interstate on this state road and I go over and I get on literally an unlined, unstriped blacktop county road. And that takes me up. I catch another state highway and then I cut back toward the interstate, Uh, you know, so I kind of make this little U and I get back on the interstate about 10 miles down from where I got off. And it did see, I'm assuming it saved me the time it said, you know. But as I got off the road, all these other, uh, as I got off the interstate, all these other cars were getting off with me. And, you know, they all have, you know, out of state plates. So I know that their maps were telling them the same thing. And then we go down the state road and we all turn on this blacktop. And so, you know, I am, uh, you know, as we were going through, I was, you know, trying to watch, you know, when the map gave me options, you know, I was trying to see what it was going to give me. Uh, you hear stories all the time of people like, you know, driving off, the, driving off of a, a broken bridge or driving, you know, into a cornfield because, you know, the map said to turn left and there wasn't a road when it turned left, right? So, um, you know, I was trying to pay attention to this and trying to look ahead and trying to make good decisions. Uh, and I know what the road signs are. I knew that I was getting, getting on a county road um, in advance. But it's like, how many of the other people around me were doing that? Like they all got off the road with me, but were any of them looking ahead? And I think this is important because, you know, we need to teach our students that you don't take the first result. You know, the first result may be right, but it doesn't have to be right just because it's the first one or, you know, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. You know, these kinds of ideas are very important lessons to be learned if you're going to be a member of this digital community. Um, you know and so many times you know we don't do that um, or, or maybe we you know as teachers fall into that trap like you know we, we're looking around and we find something you know like oh I'm going to use this in class you know at the last minute without really looking to see what it is right so you know I think that's, a, that's the first thing that we just have to be aware of the technology we have to be aware of its limitations and we have to we have to be critical consumers of that information that those, those technologies bring us Uh, The second parallel, I think, was, you know, this idea of that the map routed me off of the interstate and put me on these other roads. And I was in these little towns and I was seeing things that I've never seen, you know, that I would not have seen before, right? Uh, Back in the day, you know, you would have got the Atlas out, you would have planned your route, and it would have been all big roads and interstates, right? Uh, Maybe you're AAA and you have like a triptych or whatever, but, you know, realistically, you know, the the map, the this this live GPS, you know, routing got me off into some places that I would not have seen otherwise. And that was cool, that was good. No problem there, right? But the thing is for us, what can we do to force our kids out of the obvious things on the internet? What can we do? to I don't know put a roadblock or an obstacle or something up that our students have to find a different type of source or find a different type of information or have to deal with a different perspective on a topic right so you know you know the, you know google maps said there's a wreck in front of you there's a wreck in front of you okay great It gets me off in this place. So maybe like my students, what kind of obstacle can I create for them? For instance, maybe they have to find a particular type of source. I need you to find a primary source that comes from before 1900. Uh, I want to find three different viewpoints on this topic. I need to find first-person accounts of this event instead of like major news accounts, right? So I think that we as educators, when we ask our students to use these technologies, we do need to think of ways to encourage, or to force maybe, the students to get into some other types of information, other parts of the internet. Okay, yes, there are some pretty dark corners of the internet that we don't need them in. But overall, we want our students to get a variety of to get a lot of different things to work through and you know Google Maps did it for me because something happened in front of me right so why don't we do that for our students when they're online and the third one the third parallel I saw um, and this this is one I think is so much more difficult how can we reward our students for getting off the beaten path Um, so I'm driving, you know, like I said, I'm driving through these little bitty towns, and we stop somewhere to get gas, uh, you know, the kids need to go to the bathroom, whatever, so we go to the gas, you know, we pull into some gas station in the little town, and in the parking lot, the football and cheer teams from the local high school were having a bake sale, they were selling barbecue chicken and sides and, you know, the whole nine yards, but they also had this bake sale going on, you know, the, um, you know and the kid's like, oh, look, dad, you know, they're selling, you know, no-baked cookies, and You know, so we got, you know, we got some no-bake cookies and we got some fudge and, you know, I mean, it was, it was really good. (laughs) It was really good. But, you know, I started thinking about like, okay, so I saw really cool sites. Yeah. But I had these like really good no-bake cookies and let's be honest. I mean, I wouldn't have got a no-bake cookie in a truck stop on the interstate, much less a, a good one. Right. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have found that at all, but because I was off into somewhere different I got a new experience. I got a reward. And I think we need to think about how to encourage our students to go that extra step, to do a little bit more digging, to go into that new place, to try a new type of search. Um, What can we do to reward them for it? Now I know obviously the grade, right? But what what kinds of things can we do to create that culture in which it's not just a requirement, but it's just the way we do things, right? Right. We want our students to want to try to find something different or new, or to be critical and to look for the second and the third and the whatever sources. To validate and verify, and to find those new things, what can we do to create that culture? Now, there's a lot of things I'm sure we can do. Um, You know, I grade-wise, obviously, you know, but you know, what can we do to reward that? That's tough. I think that's really difficult to do. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it starts with you modeling. You know, you as the classroom teacher modeling that. I think it, uh, you know, also, you know, just that encouragement of, hey, you know, you found this new thing. It wasn't necessarily right, but you know, great job for finding this. You know, this other thing. But it's also then, you know, building that into the curriculum. Um, so I, again, I think it's difficult. I think it, it it does take a lot of work on our part, but I think that the the payoff on the other side is really important. So you know, thinking of thinking on the tech enhanced, you know, ed space that we're in. You know, I think it's you know I've said this many times before. You know, it's not just that we have technology in the classroom. I I that's not enough. You have to step. That you have to be able to show that you're really utilizing it, that you're doing something with it that makes it of a benefit, right? Uh, Not just to, you know, like to say that we used it, but that really adds something to the lesson. It helps the students learn better, it helps them connect to it better, and it helps maybe you know, make your job a little bit easier. Uh, And those are all things that we want to do, right? So, you know, please take some time, look at that technology. Uh, If you've got some ideas of how to build those cultural uh, awareness in your room or to create that environment that rewards creativity, I would love to hear it. Uh, Continuing in the discussion.